This program is brought to you by P1 Australia, quality racing components and manufacturers of engine water heaters for midgets, sprints, wingless and all types of open wheel dirt track cars. Check out their full range today at p1australia.com. Thunder Media. Jack LeBrock. Hi, I'm David Reynolds. Hi, I'm Chaz Monster, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Coming up on this episode of Inside Supercars. With this new generation car, where we all run a very similar um, chassis slash suspension setup, it's much easier to talk about it than when you know, if you had aboard the IP or Roland or designed your own front upright, it's not so easy to show. Where, where nowadays it is, it is easier. So sit back and enjoy as Inside Supercars starting now. Welcome back to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock. I'm with Brad Jones for another of those seasons of motorsport and I'm not going to ask you Brad how many you've done but um, I'm sure there's a couple there in your background sort of thing. Yeah I've been around for a little while. Indeed you used to have a steering wheel on your hand nowadays it's just a, a cap on your head and uh, laptop. I'm top. Yeah it's a laptop. Uh, anyway welcome 2024 season you're Thanks, back with four cars again a change of driver but the majority or three other drivers are all the same. Yeah, we've been very fortunate. We've had a lot of continuity this year where I feel like <clears throat> almost every other team has had significant change. And, uh, um, you know, uh, it's nice to go through a season and, and not have a lot of change. So uh, hopefully that's enabled us to focus a little bit on on just, you know, dotting I's and crossing T's. And, and um, But there's been a, a reasonable amount of change with cars. Indeed. Um and of course, year two now, Gen 3, and you had some good times. I mean, Andre and Bryce at times were flying high. Um, you had a couple of crook meetings where cars damaged and things like that. But overall, Gen 3 is successful? Yeah, certainly for us. I mean, we came third in the team's championship. And, yep. And um, that's our equal best position ever. Um, you know, and included in that, Andre didn't finish Bathurst, where... I felt he was a you know a top five car definitely, um, he and Woody. So that's a really good result for us. I think uh, I think it was great for the sport to bounce out of the blocks with a, a relevant shaped car, and um, and it was the biggest change I think the category has undergone for a long long time. Um, when you look at the engines, the philosophy into a Gen three car, you know it's a massive change and. Along with that, we saw changes in um, in competitiveness of of, uh, of the group. Indeed, one of the things I found quite delightful, and I'd just like to actually talk about it, was a common purpose amongst the teams. That we know that there were some misgivings, there were some things that weren't right about the new cars. You know, things that were built on the cars, but everybody had this attitude, and we've got to make it work. And it was a real common enemy sort of thing we've got to make this thing work properly yeah by and large yeah um there was there was you know there was a bit going on in the in the background but 
but um, and it took a while for some of that stuff to shake out and you know the arrow is a big part of that and uh, I feel that going to Windshear at the end of the year and some of the stuff that they found out confirmed the thoughts of a few people and and hopefully has has even up the competition. Indeed. As I'm sure it has. Your excellent videos that you started a couple of years ago, uh, I think they started in the COVID times. Yeah. Um, and, and they've really been a, a treasure for a lot of people because I get a lot of people commenting on them because you explain things in a, in a great way um, without uh, Larko's um, funny drawings. <laughs> yeah, and I try really hard. I mean, parody is a tricky one to talk about because one of the things I do with the videos is I try not to be too controversial just give the facts but when you're talking about um, brands and you link that in to that sort of style of chat it's it's very easy for someone to think that you're biased and and when i do those videos i try, try very very hard to, to play with a straight bat and don't lean one way or another so um but the the videos have have worked out really i enjoy doing them um, I probably don't put as much time into them as I as I should, but they're very raw, and and I think they they touch a spot. And I'm um, you know for Rachel and I, I'm very proud of what we've been able to achieve with those. They're certainly proving to be more popular than I expected. Vouch for the fact that I think you speak in a straightforward manner, and I don't think any bias comes across at all, whether brand bias or team bias or anything like that. It's explaining the technology in the cars. And you know the way you go about fixing it, so that's terrifically done. Thank you, and and it's it's you know I try really hard to give everyone a simple insight into some of the challenges and changes that supercars go through from time to time, and and as part of that with this new generation car, where we all run a very similar um, chassis slash suspension setup, it's much easier to talk about it than when. You know, if you had bought the IP off Roland or designed your own front upright, it's not so easy to show. Where where nowadays it is it is easier. I mean, I've done the old stuff before. But anyway, it's it's good, and I quite enjoy it. And Rachel's, you know, dynamite on me to make sure that we do one a week, and time doesn't escape me. We punch them out. So, and there's so much more to do. You know, I feel like. Every time I look at the car, I can see something we can talk about. So, you know, hopefully those videos will keep on keeping on for a fair while. Now, the one big change uh, for you this year was that Jack Smith, uh, the SCT car, Jack's uh, stepped away from driving for your team and uh, he's been replaced with Jackson Evans, who brings a very different portfolio of work, a New Zealander, who has um, carved his niche in world motorsport. So tell us a little bit about what you know of Jackson. Uh, well, you know... Uh, Sean Seema, who was the CEO of Supercars, is a big Jackson fan. And so he uh, introduced me to him very early on in his career. And, you know, I, you, when you when you meet someone, you tend to follow them. And, he, I mean, he's had an amazing career and he's a he's a great little peddler. Um, he's done an amazing job for us the last couple of years at Bathurst. In fact, last year at Bathurst, his job was very, very good as a co-driver, um, and uh, his pace was unquestionable. So I think this is a, an amazing opportunity for him. Um, you know, he was probably at a point where he was ready to come home um, if, the, if the opportunity was the right one. And um, um, so 
uh, we're trying everything to give him everything he can to be successful as he can. And um, yeah, it'll be I'll be watching with interest, and we'll be working as hard as we can to to make sure that um, he he gets the best opportunity he can. Okay, now Macaulay's still in the Domino's pizza car. Oh, so Macaulay's in the Pizza Hut car. Yes. And you've got uh, Bryce in the Midi's car. Yep. And Andre's in the R&J batteries. Yeah, so we've got really good continuity with the sponsors and, and they've all been, you know, busy beavering away on their own own skill set in the background as well as, you know, we've had the cars all apart and we've crack tested everything and put them back together and, and here we are ready to go again today. The one change that I'm aware of that's from, well, obviously there were some aero changes and things like that coming, but the one change that was the wheel bearings, the front wheel bearings changed. Is that necessitated by a wear factor, I think it is? Um, when these cars were designed, and keep in mind it was all through the pandemic, um, there was financial restrictions of sorts. And so we picked a, a we, we, there was a bearing picked for the front end and and um, it couldn't take a side impact. So once we started running the cars, a few people got clipped and it damaged the bearing, put them out. So we've gone to a tapered roller bearing, which will, will hopefully take a much bigger hit, side hit. Um, but there's, there's other things that have changed. You know, the brake ducts changed at the front. Um, you know, the aero is a big one. And, uh, you know, the engines are still a work in progress. I feel like you know, supercars can't do any more to even up the aero off track than they have done, and and so now we uh, we just need to make sure that the same thing is going on with the engines, because um, uh, really um, the shift cut on the Mustang or problems related to that were were the reason the shift cuts were so different. If the that all makes sense. No, yeah, indeed. Um, the other part of the equation, of course, the people involved. You've kept the continuity of drivers, three of the four, um, and crew. You, there are no changes there of any note. Um, no, not really, and and which is great. You know, we have a fantastic team of people. We have fifty-five full full time people at BJR, and and um, everyone's you know striving hard to to get the job done. But it's nice to go through the year and and come out the other side having a tough year like we all had, no holiday at the start. And um, this year everyone's had a good break. You know, we're back at work. We've got the cars all refreshed. Um, the aero's going to be a change because the cars clearly have more aero. And so um, things potentially will be a little bit different. But with some of the driver um, changes that other teams have gone through, I think this is probably the most open supercars have been and one of the things I liked a lot about Gen 3 coming on board was you didn't know who was going to win a race when you got to a race meeting and I think that's certainly still the case it'll be interesting three or four races in to see if it's if that's still a point but it'll be great to spend another year where anyone can win a race. Indeed one of the things that um, I'm I'm sure that Winton would love to be uh, both the track and you would love to have Winton on the schedule. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about the fact that you know, we don't have a Phillip Island on it and Queensland Raceways on it. Tracks that were traditionally ones that you visited regularly and now no longer have been. Do you see a time in the future when they could be back on there? Maybe. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's business and, and um, it costs a certain amount of money to run the cars. 
and a 12 race calendar works for the teams and the new owners at the moment. They're wanting to do more races. This is different from when the teams owned a decent portion of the business and and um, um, so they need to make a certain amount of money to be able to do more races. It's just commercial reality. And so would, it, would I like to come back to Winton? I mean, that goes without saying. But, um, you know, people drop off and get back on the calendar. You know, 12 races seems to work for the group. Um, we've had more than that, but remember when we had you know, 16 or whatever it was, we had teams handing back licenses that couldn't afford to go racing. Yeah. So it's about finding that happy medium between affordability and, and, um, uh, and making everyone happy, really. And so while I'm probably not happy we're not at Winton, I totally understand why we're not. So, um, um, yeah, it's a balance. I mean, we are a homegrown sport. You know, we've tried massive uh, international events, and some of them have worked, and some of them haven't. But, but right now, 12 seems to be a reasonable number. And if we're going to grow, it needs to be gentle. Because, you know, going back to your sponsor, and trying to get more money to do two more races, that's a big number. And, and um, uh, you know, a lot of sponsors are tapped at what we currently have. So there's a lot of considerations to, to look at when you're looking at growth. It's not just a matter of, hey, I'd love to go and do Winton. Why don't we all jump in the car and go there? We have to pay <coughs> staff, you know, buy bits for the car, go through that whole thing. So while I'm a racer, and if I had a choice, I'd race every weekend, um, there's a cost that's associated with that. Over the years, um, through different ownerships, there have been various formats of races uh, tried and and, uh, changed. Do you feel that where you've got to now is pretty good uh, balance across both sprint races and endurance? Hmm. Um, The right political answer is yes. I, I, I like the sprint format when we had two races on Sunday and one on Saturday, but I'm a minority voter on that on the commission, I think. Um, and so we're going to give it a whirl where we have the same Saturday and Sunday, and I totally understand that. You know, for TV reasons, it'll be on telly at the same time. But but I think I think people like to see something on different days. I think at our big events, of course, we do the same thing each day, but, but at every race, is that necessary? I don't know. We have been up and down and all over the place with with race formats. So, you know, we've got another change this year. And that's one thing that's good about our sport. We can change things around and see what works and what doesn't work. And then we can go back or we can try something a little bit different. Where if you are, look at football as an example, they have four quarters. They're the same length every year. Everyone knows what they've got. Um, would it be better if they sex it up a little bit? Who knows? They'll never change. But we do have the ability to change. So, so we and supercars are continually looking to appease the fan and give them something a little bit different or something they want or, you know, we listen to the people and I think that's important in our game. One last aspect was the free-to-air question. Um, you know, there's... Uh you were used to and you grow up with free-to-air television um, and that's changed in the last few years with pay TV over more than half the events. Do you see a time when more free-to-air will be available? 
Um, well, I come from a time when there was no television, actually. <laughs> um, there was no... Hang on, I remember racing. seeing your NASCARs on the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but when I was a little kid, yeah, the only, okay. you know, the only thing that was on telly was Bathurst, and you had to drive to Wagga to see it. Yeah. It was only in New South Wales, and you couldn't see any motorsport. You had to wait until... You know, auto action came out, or the green horror for motorbikes, and or racing car news, and read about it. Yes. You know, you didn't see anything. So, so um, we ended up on pay TV because we had to. And and um, but do I see a time? And and free to air, we still you know we do our our you know five or six events, and we also have replays, and so you can see it. We just you know people want to see it right now, so. Um, I think KO has has really helped a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Um, will it ever be back on free to air? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I think we've got through the worst of it or the toughest times, I should say. Um, and so, I think it's affordable with KO. And and but I would like to see it back on free to air, if I'm honest. All right. Well, we all look forward to seeing the BJR cars on the grid and succeeding again as you did in 2023. And having, a, if not a, as good a year, if not a better year. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we'll see. Very exciting time for the category. Um, you know, our new owners are spending a huge amount of money on the business. And, and um, you know, there's probably a few people that aren't willing to acknowledge that. But they are really doing everything they can to make, make everything work. You know, Shane and his group are working as hard as they can um, behind the scenes. To, uh, to appease everyone, which isn't easy to do, and I'm sure we're going to have a great year. Just one last item I will actually raise. I've spoken to several team uh, owners and principals who've all endorsed um, Tim Edwards in the role, and I'm sure you'd be the same way. Having him there, having come so recently from team land, is a big benefit. Yeah, I mean, we had to dip him in acid to get that blue shirt off him. But um, <laughs> look, I, I've always had a great relationship with Tim, and he's very professional. And I, I think uh, I think he'll do a great job for the category. And he's certainly, um, you know, the fresh set of eyes and and very keen to make it work and uh, very professional. You know, I've been on the commission and the board with him in the past, and and he can be independent, and he obviously has to be in this role. So I'm, uh, you know, I think he's a he's a good addition. All right, Brad Jones, thank you for joining us on Inside Supercars. We look forward to seeing your four cars on the track this year. Thank you. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. Views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com. This program is brought to you by P1 Australia, quality racing components, home of Black TI, bolts, kingpins, studs and torsion stops. Check out their full range today at p1australia.com.